Welcome back to the Fear and Beer Podcast, where we discuss all things Halloween Horror Nights, horror movies, and just a little bit of beer. I'm Nick. And I'm Seamus. Like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. Here's Johnny. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You miss me. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Before we get into tonight's episode, we want to remind all of those listening on Apple Podcasts to drop us a five-star review. It helps us grow as a podcast and build our audience. If you're listening on Spotify or any other platform, follow us, and don't forget to share with friends and family who might have a little bit of the strange in them as well. And while you're on those socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, be sure to find us, Fear and Beer Pod. Give us a like, share, and you can always message us. We'd love to interact with all you guys. All right, back again for another HHN recap episode with a get, another special another guest. guest. Another another get. Got it. We've been talking about this for a while on the on the back side of things, and we finally aligned the schedules, and we figured it was the perfect time to bring in uh, one of our friends, Ryzen. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We've been... We've been chatting about this for a little while, and I think it just seems fitting to to bring you on as one of these uh, recaps because we know you're a big fan of clearly horror. Of course. <laughs> and yes. then horror nights being in our backyard, we didn't get to link up. We always had conflicting schedules, but uh, I know it was crazy how we were both there. Uh, you know, we're a whole group of you guys, and uh, we would be there with groups as well, and we're never able to cross paths. That really blows my mind. Yeah, it was I, I like I always ended up going late too. So like I'd work and then I'd go up I'd go there at like nine or ten at night and just close it out and I normal people don't have the schedule that I do, so I can like we I have hit. the ability to stay up that late. And we we usually hit, you know, house after house after house too, keep in mind. So like, you know, we get in line for one, get off of one, get right in line for the next one. So yeah, not it wasn't a lot of time, time to like to like down kind of just walk around and you know, try to catch, catch up with people, but yeah. And I mean, you know, in, in, in all fairness, unless you're actually going as a group, it is, uh, there's so much going on and stuff. It, it was, uh, next to impossible for me to link up with other people who would say, Hey, I'm at the park or, Hey, I'm over here. And, uh, even if I tried to meet up with them, I'd say, okay, uh, where are you guys at? And they'd be halfway through one line. Uh, so I'd say, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get in this line and then we should be able to meet up after. And by the time after comes along, they're already in line for another one and we're in a completely different area. So yeah, I mean, it is just, it, you know, increasingly difficult to, uh, to link up with people, but, uh, you know, that's the name of the game. Yeah, it was, we ran into that a lot too, where I was like, it got to the point where I'm like, you know what, maybe going with groups of 12 to 15 wasn't a good idea. Cause it's like, well, when you yeah. get that big, it's just too much it, chaos. Right. And we learned that it's like, when, when you have too many people in your group, it's hard to keep everybody together at the same pace. So like, you know, you might have three or four of us that want to go, go, go. And the other, the others that want to kind of like take their time and it's really yeah. hard to keep everybody, you know, together. Cause it's always somebody running off to find something or go to the bathroom or get a drink, you know? Eat exactly. Food, so. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> could be on the same schedule with all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, I concur. But let's get into, I guess, just introducing you to anybody that's listening to us that may not know who Ryzen is. So you've obviously been on AEW dark, started off with the pandemic and stuff like that when they they opened back up local style and you've been going going with them pretty strong want to just kind of give everyone a quick little i guess abbreviated version of of what you've been up to recently and then how the whole AEW situation started Sure. So, uh, I mean, as you know, as far as back as uh, 18 years, I've been uh, chasing the independent professional wrestling dream, uh, trying to get to the big time. So uh, this year, as of uh, August, was my 18th year in the uh, professional wrestling uh, business. Uh, the reason for me living in Florida is uh, to chase that dream and to chase that goal. Uh, now, of course, Orlando is going to be my home forever, um, but I didn't know that uh, seven years ago when I made the move from Denver, Colorado to uh, Orlando to continue to chase the dream. And it was off the advice of uh, William Regal, 
when I had done some extra work for the WWE in Sioux City, Iowa, uh, that he had said, you know what, if you're going to make anything uh, out of yourself, if you're going to try to make it in this business, I would move to Central Florida because that's where a lot of it, and that was prior to NXT, they were just getting ready, they just had a um, FCW in Tampa and they were getting ready to move operations to what would become NXT uh, from Tampa to Orlando. But anyway, so uh, off of that advice, uh, I had moved here and everything was fantastic. Uh, you know, it took, you know, a little bit of time to get uh, get booked out here and get everything rolling. But uh, within a few months, I was working for NXT. And then, of course, fast forward, I'd done just about everything you could through WWE NXT, the uh, Performance Center tryout. I'd worked uh, a little bit with Impact Wrestling. So I've really done everything in uh, Florida that I could do as far as trying to get uh, to the big time. Uh, fast forward a little bit of time, uh, you know, to AEW. And once AEW launched, obviously that was at the forefront of my mind as far as a place that I could uh, be a part of. I done, uh, I showed up for them uh, just once uh, prior to the pandemic in uh, January, it was actually New Year's Day and they were having like a, a homecoming show on New Year's Day uh, prior to the pandemic. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And uh, yeah, a few weeks into the pandemic, they were uh, really starting to do things with dark and stuff and uh, kept me on their radar. And uh, so I showed up for the first time and did dark for them, uh, AEW Dark, and uh, they had liked me so much that I just, uh, like building blocks, I put one week, uh, in front of the other and, uh, they, you know, they, uh, tend to like me enough to keep bringing me on. So, uh, over a year and a half later, and I've been, you know, a part of pretty much every single AEW dark since, uh, since my debut there. Yeah, and they're giving you some too. The last one was with Bobby Fish and that's like, that's a that's a big name to, to trust you match, in that way. Yeah. So it's a good you know they're giving you some good people, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean I've I've always been uh, you know in the fortunate position of being able to wrestle with the who's who of pro wrestling. Um, you know it, it's not an intimidation factor or anything like that uh, because I have wrestled uh, both on the independents and in the you know uh, big time quote unquote. I you know I've always stepped foot in the ring with people like Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Matt Hardy, of course, on the independents. Kazarian, I'm no stranger to. Colt Cabana, uh, Billy Gunn, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. So, yeah, for them to see uh, that I could carry a match or work a match with uh, Bobby Fish and be able to uh, do it to uh, their liking is is fantastic. And so, yeah, that was a great match. That was my last appearance on Dark a couple of weeks back. And, uh, yeah, but it's just been uh, go, 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 uh, working with them, just trying to land that full-time deal. Oh yeah. So the, obviously the Ryzen character is very, you know, you know, it's not Halloween, but it's horror. So where did you pull inspiration from certain characters, certain media from, from different movies? How did that kind of evolve to what it is today? So, yeah, I mean, of course the, the aesthetic and everything is very horror esque, uh, you know, it, it's actually just like everything else uh, creative is like a, a good mishmash of everything that I love. Uh, I've always been a major horror fan uh, ever since I was a kid. I, I just was always uh, drawn into horror and the horror characters, specifically the villains, uh, you know, the Freddy Kruegers and the Michael Myers of, uh, you know, of life. Uh, even when I was younger, I just I, I always liked them. And uh, I think that kind of ties into my love for wrestling as well. Uh, just again, eccentric characters is what uh, I've always been drawn to. And that also uh, could translate into my music tastes as well, uh, which we'll get into. But um, basically, the character is the Reverend of Sin. Uh, he is a, you know, a devilish priest. And uh, he, you know, he's very, you know, dark in, in, his, in his character, but he also has a, you know, he basically is teaches you or preaches indulgences instead of abstinences that uh, you know traditional religion would uh, you know smite. I guess you would say. So the character is basically telling you what's what's wrong is actually right, justifying a little bit of everything, all while doing it uh, with a very macabre uh, look uh, to me. 
you know, some of the inspirations for it uh, are Beetlejuice, you know, essentially, which, uh, <laughs> of course, is a Horror Nights uh, house this year, uh, just because of the same kind of uh, wild, kind of pseudo-funny uh, characteristics to it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band Ghost out of Sweden, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a yep. huge always been a huge ghost fan uh and uh or once i had seen them i quickly had become a huge ghost fan and that was off of uh papa 2 uh so i wasn't around for papa 1 or anything but from papa 2 on i've uh really loved ghost and so uh it's no secret once you once you take a look at my character that there's a lot of uh, uh ghost inspiration in there and uh but yeah then as far as uh horror movies you know the the tv show lucifer as well was a heavy inspiration uh but i've kind of just mishmashed all of those and that's what you get with uh, the reverend of sin rising nice and I, I i believe there's some good vignette style videos out there i don't huh you might want to look into that some, yeah there's some yeah so whoever whoever did those helped you out with those i was that ended up working out really well i think yeah, there's this great, great film on YouTube channel. <laughs> self plug, self plug. Yes, no, and uh, and some of those videos that you had done, yes, yeah, self plug away because, uh, in all honesty, some of those uh, videos that you've created uh, ultimately, uh, you know, helped push forth this AEW agenda that I have, and uh, really helped put me on the map and have you know, uh, it, it takes a good mix of partners and everything to make somebody a big deal so you know uh, i know i could gas you up all day but thank you tremendously for the <laughs> videos that you have made because honestly they they've really helped uh launch the 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 reverend into kind of more of a mainstream and uh everybody in aew uh would uh, put you over so to speak with the uh, the video work and uh, just a good you and I just once we start video uh, work we start clicking really well so uh, those videos from uh, you know Dustin and Cody Rhodes um, all the way uh, down the line everybody who had seen those uh, Vicky Guerrero I'm going to just name drop everybody that I think of Hardy <laughs> everybody yeah literally okay. all of them uh, were uh, blown away by um you know, thinking these were high high budget productions, which, as you know, as you know as well as I know, uh, they were they were made with uh, bubble gum and shoestring. <laughs> that's how we do it. That's you know, that's that's to see what's behind the camera and what's I mean, putting it up there. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you. And again, I I think I speak for Nick a little bit in this in this sense is that him and I have been wrestling fans obviously since we were like little youngins. We've been watching wrestling since I think. I don't know how old I was at this point. Oh, we were eight, nine. Babies. So when you say like, you know, guys like Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes and Vicky Guerrero and like all these different names that like have seen the stuff that he's done so far um, and have really great things to say about it. I think that's just it speaks to the kid inside because I'm I, obviously, I, you know, through osmosis, I, I, I feel that because like, you know, I'm, you know, I work with Nick and of course it, it's just, it's, it's so cool to hear that. I think from just a wrestling fans perspective, it's like, wow, like, you know, not even 25 years ago, I was a kid sitting from my TV watching this. And now as an adult, <laughs> I've actually get to speak, like speak with someone who has, you know, somewhat of like a, you know, a, an actual connection with the, with these people that I watched on TV. Yeah. I think yeah that's, that's, that's wild to me. Um, yeah. It's fun too. So for everyone that's listening, that, that isn't aware, you know, I met Rob at, at work and then we just kind of instantly clicked and i was like hey it was at the very end because i wasn't i I wasn't really paying attention i I was still new to AEW at the time and 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 local wrestling i was just kind of winging it but at the end of uh rob's visit at topgolf at work there he was showing a a video to one of the other people with and i'm like oh yeah he's a wrestler and they showed me the stuff i was like oh that makes i remember seeing like it finally clicked because i was like oh yeah that's the um you know, with the Matt Hardy video on the uh, the deletion series or something yeah, free like that. Free the delete, yeah. Free the delete, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." So I do video stuff too, <laughs> like just in case. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, and yeah, you know, fast forward a couple of videos, and a year later, uh, you know, just just seeing like I remember you would send me messages of like, "Oh, you know, this is what Matt said about this Matt Hardy," and I was like, "Oh my god." what like how <laughs> there's no way that this guy has seen what i've done like it's just crazy but yeah it's, it's insane just, to think it's, about down well, here it's definitely a small world you know yeah. it's a huge 
huge area, but everybody is, seems to be, you know, if you, if you find the right people, it's just all about connections. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, uh, to kind of close that topic of the videos, uh, the, the tweet that, uh, I want to say the tweet heard around the world, uh, had, you know, over 35,000 views. And that's the video of uh, me talking to myself in the mirror, which you, uh, masterful, uh, at constructing, uh, you know, being able to see my, my darker reflection and all that. Uh, so again, I encourage anybody listening to go and re uh, review all of these. Um, but yeah, yeah. that one ha had amassed over 35,000, uh, views and just a matter of days. It was insane. It and blew again, up. Yeah. And, uh, again, it was fantastic to have the, uh, pretty much everybody on the roster, uh, in AEW retweeted or comment about it in some form or fashion, both publicly and, uh, behind closed doors. So, uh, again, and uh, if things go my way, uh, you know, I will be beating down your door, begging you and pleading with you to do uh, other work because um, oh, I, do have, I have a lot in the, in the pipeline, uh, you know, um, ready to go. I'm just waiting on the green light of a couple of things. So, Oh, yeah. And, and this is a sidebar, obviously, but I just bought a drone video. So oh, well. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can incorporate that somehow. <laughs> I, uh, I cut my hand with it yesterday because I tried to uh, play with it indoors, which I don't suggest. Oh, yeah, uh, don't do that. Yeah. But, it's okay, there. well, see, one. wonderful. Well, uh, okay, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. I'm going to go ahead and uh, start <laughs> writing this script now. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, really, that's fantastic news. And, uh, yeah, I just – I do have, like, I've been also working with uh, EC3 on his personal thing. So I've done Matt Hardy's uh, Free the Delete. And now I've uh, been working with EC3 on his Control Your Narrative, which ironically right. sound very familiar, similar, Free the Delete yeah. and uh, Control Your Narrative. Um, so I've been working with, uh, with him on some stuff. But, you know, really, uh, you know, as well as I do, our creativity is uh, boundless. And so I, I don't really like being stifled by... Uh, you know, other people's options. I want to make sure that I go and put out the videos that we want to put out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. Well, I guess winding it back in a little bit, we talked about obviously your, uh, the free, the delete, like cinematic style match with Matt Hardy. Mm -hmm. um, I would assume that that's pretty high on the list, but are there other, you know, significant matches or opponents that, that really stand out that you're like, uh, obviously 18 years in the business. I'm sure you grew up watching this stuff too, as a kid where you're like, wow, I can't believe I got to do this or, or something you're like, maybe you had in mind and it worked perfectly as a match. Is there something that really stands out opponent or match wise from your, your, your history or your catalog? You know, there, there's so many, uh, it, it's, it takes me back. It's, uh, it's, it's shocking when I really sit down and I think about my career so far and, uh, let's just, even the 18 years in the business, I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface of what I can and will do. Um, but uh, really, if I were to retire tomorrow, if I were to just give up the, the wrestling dream per se, uh, I have so much that I would be able to uh, speak about that it's it it's shocking to me. So, uh, you know, for starters, of course, with the Matt Hardy stuff, the cinematic match uh, where I actually beat him, I'm the only one to beat Matt Hardy in a deletion match. And you're going through an entire catalog, including people like Bray Wyatt and uh, Crazy Steve over in TNA, uh, Jeff Hardy <laughs> himself. There's been a ton of uh, deletion matches, and I'm the only one who was victorious in one of those matches. So that, that right there is, is huge. Um, but, uh, prior to that, uh, and we just actually had the anniversary, November 10th of, uh, oh gosh, I want to say it was 2004, 2004. I actually wrestled Matt Hardy in a ladder match in my hometown of Westminster, Colorado. Oh, that's awesome. And so that itself, because, uh, again, being on the independence uh, and that many years ago, uh, he didn't have to uh, take a ladder match. He didn't have to approve doing that with somebody he had never met. But him and I had talked quite a bit over Twitter. And uh, that match is still it still holds a place you know, in my heart because I was in front of all of my peers. Everybody who had ever said that I would never make it in the business and things like that uh, or that I was chasing a pipe dream when I was uh, you know, talking about it nonstop in school uh, were actually there to witness uh, you know, my idol growing up or you know, I became a Hardy fan in my early high school years and uh, 
get so for that to come full circle was absolutely amazing but uh i'll kind of just to pick up the pace a little bit i'll just throw some things out there that uh, stand out wrestling Jerry Lynn in 2010 I want to say it was uh, absolute game changer in my career he's one of the best to ever do it and I was very fortunate to uh, step into the ring and he taught me so much in the last or in a 10 minute 15 minute match that I've learned in my entire career I teamed up with the honky tonk man uh, in a tag team <laughs> match awesome. which is absolutely crazy uh, you know yeah. and, and he was actually I don't know physically uh, he was actually in a great place in his like post career he would must have been in his 60s but man him and i tore it up he was shake rattling and rolling all over the place it was amazing <laughs> um I, I recently wrestled Gankrail in a casket match uh, yeah <laughs> uh, yes, you I know remember, i remember hearing about that yeah and so that's insane as well and so to uh kind of memorialize that i i had shirts made of that occasion just to make sure yeah. that i never forgot that you know that opportunity had happened um, but I've, I've literally wrestled the who's who of professional wrestling. Um, but those are some that stand out to me. And uh, again, my catalog of matches in AEW, uh, it's insane to know that I've uh, stepped in the ring with, uh, you know, the Lucha Bros and Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, I could go on and on. The Billy Gunn, one more thing that I'll, I'll say, and then again, anybody else here who's listening could explore uh, basically the catalog of everything that I have done by just YouTubing it or Googling it. But uh, it was a very surreal moment for me to uh, crotch chop Billy Gunn and then super kick, kick him or give him some sweet chin music. It was like, <laughs> what is this life? And who would have yep. ever thought Billy Gunn in yeah. tremendous shape, by the way, but I love him and the gun club. I think that they're some of the people that I get along best with in uh, AEW. Um, but yeah, to be able to like knock Billy Gunn off his, you know, off his feet, crotch chop him and give him some sweet chin music. I was like, what is life? I did that in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you know, on That's Nintendo so cool. 64, but who would have ever thought right. I was going to be doing it in real life? Yeah, back on No Mercy when we were creating yeah. your yep. Exactly. I was going to say WrestleMania 2000, but yeah, No Mercy was truly yeah, where yeah. it was at. But still, it was insane. So, again, I've had a very, a very amazing uh, career in professional wrestling. And those are just talking about the names. There's local independent wrestlers like my buddy Jason, who broke into the business with me, who him and I have had some of the best matches of you know my career just hit him and i just click similar to you and i making videos uh anytime him and i step into a ring we made magic so you know there but i have a million stories we could go on forever but i i, I digress <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean real quick along the lines of just what we were talking about before we move on to the next thing um out of the out of like the current AEW roster, is there any anybody you want to work with you haven't had a chance to yet, or anyone that you really been like kind of talking about maybe getting something together? You know, that's a great question. Um, I mean, there's so many, uh, but I like it's weird. I I want to do my my passion in pro wrestling where I excel. I could do, you guys have seen, I could do the flips, I could do the kind of the crazy stuff, but I like telling stories. Uh, in the ring. I mean, uh, that probably goes to because Bret Hart is my all time favorite wrestler. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is the by hands down the best storyteller uh, from bell to bell. You he didn't even have to do much for you to know what's going on in that story uh, of that match. And every match had a story, whether it was, uh, you know, a WWE whatever you want to call it, superstars match uh, that was supposed to be five to seven minutes. There was a moment in there where, uh, you know, maybe he twists his ankle or something and the opponent jumps on it where you don't know there's a possibility Bret Hart might lose or so on and so forth. So, again, going back to his storytelling uh, is amazing and I, I like to follow that path. Uh, I feel robbed that I still have never been able to cross paths with party in AEW mm -hmm. we've we've had some teases on uh, being the elite and uh and some of his channels in AEW yeah. some interaction with one another uh but uh so yeah that's a robbery I would really like to work Orange Cassidy I think that that would be hilarious <laughs> that would um, be <laughs> yeah and uh it, I I've had a you know a lot of people want to 
maybe not see me wrestle against, but everybody, I mean, literally my Twitter all day, every day is blowing up with either Ryzen, please join the Chaos Project, which is uh, Luther and Serpentico. Uh, they think uh, the, the fans on Twitter seem to think that I would mesh well with them. Um, I pretty much wrestled every member of the Dark Order, but I would uh, I would join the Dark Order if asked. And then uh, and then the biggest one I would say is everybody really, especially with my mic skills and my verbal capabilities, everybody wants me to kind of manage or work alongside Abaddon. And I think that that okay. is, uh, I mean, that's a a big a big deal waiting to happen. I think that uh, her and I we would make magic happen and financially it would make uh damn good sense uh for AEW I believe because then she would have a mouthpiece that could kind of help direct uh the zombie in her uh to chase that gold and things like that and uh and then vice versa anytime I would be in trouble she could bite their ankles or something and really yeah you know, no that I mean character no, wise everything with that with Abaddon makes perfect sense and the, think, even the color schemes the characters yeah. it, it all works perfectly I think we've talked about it just together personally like you know of, of anybody currently on the roster I think she and you can make a really good um not necessarily like obviously team but like you could have like that um yeah, yeah there's similar dynamic type. because there's there's yeah. already like like butcher and uh you know butcher blade and bunny uh, you know, right. so you, you have that, that dynamic, uh, or Vicky and, uh, you know, Andrade, I, I don't know if they're still working together, but of course, like there's, there's definitely female and male dynamics, uh, that work in AEW, even though they're not doing mixed tag or anything like that, that very much. So that, I mean, that just obviously makes the most sense in my opinion. Yeah. That's a, that's 100%. a home run thing to happen. So I guess moving outside of the ring and stuff like that too you also have a couple other endeavors going on you have like a little you have your t-shirt company the spooks and spoofs kind of like halloween-esque mashups i guess is, is yeah, something I that you're getting you know, i've the seen these i've seen these shirts advertised all over my facebook and i didn't put two and two together and realize it was <laughs> you until nick was like oh this is ryzen's t-shirt company i'm like oh no way because yeah. i love some of the designs that have been that, that have popped up on my feed but well thank you yeah they you know i just I'm like a I'm like a wild dog chasing cars. I, I'm never <laughs> I, I I'm never satisfied. Like uh, I always have something else. Like I, I literally sleep with my phone on notepad mode, so that if I wake up in the middle of the night and something strikes me, I have to jot it down and chase it. I have to do it. So um, you know, you never know what will happen in the world of professional wrestling. Of course, that is my uh, end all be all goal of uh, wanting to quote unquote, make it. Some people would say that I've already made it, but just to uh, be able to be a world traveled uh, professional wrestler and literally do that week in and week out, um, you know, that's the life I thrive for. That's a, that's a, a strive for rather uh, and thrive. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> but to, you know, to back off of that, Spooks and Spoofs was uh, just a brainchild of mine. I always had all these great ideas of uh, cool spoofs of uh, great, you know, great things. And uh, what actually set it off is uh, I always had these ideas and I literally had them in my notepad um, and I never named them Spooks and Spoofs. I just had to kind of put that together um, through my marketing. So, which, that, which is a different facet of what I do, but, um, but yeah, so I had always had these ideas and it was just a matter of putting, uh, those ideas to life. So last year I had the, uh, home Malone, uh, idea, which yeah. is Post Malone doing the kind of the home alone thing. Um, and so I, I tried to get that out last year, could never figure out exactly how I wanted to do it. Um, and uh, just got the art completed, and then I actually printed a poster for one of my friends who was a big Post Malone fan for so for Christmas. But uh, it had full intention of eventually being a shirt. Fast forward, I uh, just kept coming up with these ideas and concepts, and uh, ironically, Pro Wrestling Tees, which uh, also of course has a Ryzen store um, that does very well. I uh, they have a second category called a. Uh, uh, below the collar, which could be basically anything. So one night I just got a wild hair up my ass and was like, I'm going to start a spoofs and spooks company and do horror and kind of more 
off the cuff stuff. Uh, some of it is pretty risque and stuff like that. So that's why I don't closely associate it with rising. Cause you never know out there who's, uh, who's going to turn their nose up at it. But uh, yeah, that's been really well. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I just released uh, four Christmas ones, like a, a white claw spoof, which is Santa claw. And uh, <laughs> I did see that. One. I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, I really like that one as well. Uh, girls like it a lot. A hail Santa one. So instead of hail Satan, yep. it's, it's hail Santa. Um, yep. Trying to think of the other two. Um, you get the Krampus. Uh, oh, like Starbucks, the Krampus. Starbucks. Yep. And then, um, and then last but not least, uh, the. Uh, was it Home Alone? Oh yeah, of course. Then re- revamping and re-releasing the Home Alone. So, nice. but, but yeah, so that's the spooks well, and spoofs. I did a lot, you know, for Halloween and things like that. And it's just anytime I ever have a crazy, quirky idea, at least now I have an outlet to put it out there. Whether it sticks or not, it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's just good to put out. There. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll dive into some uh, HHN talk now. Uh, Obviously, you said you've been to Orlando the last seven years or so. So have you, you know, this obviously wasn't your first Horror Nights event. When did you start find, like diving into that world of, of Halloween Horror Nights? Yeah. So when I first moved to uh, Orlando, it was seven years ago. Um, and so, but I moved October 16th is when I arrived in Florida and, uh, barely had two pennies to scratch together. Uh, you know, of course, moving is a very, uh, financial, uh, draining endeavor. Um, so yeah, yeah, just financially it never lined up. And plus we only had two weeks to settle into a place and try to make it out there. So, uh, needless to say that never happened. So my very first year of going was the 25th anniversary and, and I mean, if you want to talk about picking a year that's going to hook you for life, I would say that the 25th anniversary would have been the thing uh, for Halloween Horror Nights that would get anybody hooked uh, to make it a permanent part. And then ever since then, I've been a frequent Fear Pass member holder, uh, and I literally, you know, often go three to four times a week. Not as much as you guys, but damn close. <laughs> Yeah, we spent a little too much time there, maybe, but you know, it's only for two months of the year, so I got a splurge. Yes, um, so that was the first time. Yeah, twenty five was actually my first year too, and that was before I was even living down here. I would fly down just for one week uh, at a time, and twenty five was my first one because that one was Freddy versus Jason was yes. one of the IP houses. Yep, absolutely. And that was, I think, how I I found out about it. Yeah, and, and insanity. Um, I mean that. I was, I'm a huge, of course, being a war buff and just like, you know, preaching to the choir here, uh, rising pun there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Freddy vs. Jason, I mean, is, is iconic. It's something everybody wanted. So yeah, that was actually one of the things that draw, uh, drew me in as well. They also had, uh, a Texas chainsaw massacre house that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then the old Hewitt house. Yep. And then, um, but of course, uh, you know, show wise, uh, Jack's, uh, what was it called? Jack's Revenge? It was the Carnival. Um... Carnival something. Uh, whatever it was, was mesmerizing to me. Uh, that I was actually bummed that Jack did not have a stage show this year. Um, yeah. Because that was so good. The way that they you know, would murder off the people and how Chance was torturing that dude. Which uh, Chance torturing that guy at the beginning was actually the catalyst for a video that you and I made as under Ryzen, uh, where we yep. recently, had, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. did that video. But, um, but yeah, anyway, that was the first year, best year, uh, of my whole life. It, just because I have, I'm flooded with happy memories from that year. And is there any other, like, you know, we talked Freddy versus Jason, any of the past years, any like houses in particular that just stick out to you? You know, it's it, like, I like, I love trick or treat. So I really loved that the one year they had a scare zone. And then the year after they had an actual house. Um, both of those were fantastic. Um, man, there's so many, uh, you know, I know it's my t- mind is tough thinking. to like just pick off the, out of the, out of the blue, but yeah, the trick or treat stuff was, was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, 
there was I'm trying to think of one last year. Well, I mean, not last year. So we got to kind of wipe last year from from our. Yeah, it never happened. Yeah, it never <laughs> happened. So um, the year before, uh, there was one. It was in the, it was in that corner, that far corner. Uh, very dark graveyard games. No, it was very like plant based. Not quite wicked growth, but it was like oh, seeds of extinction. That's the one that actually yep, was yep. really good, and it still stands out um, as being like a very good house in my opinion. It was so so dark. I don't know if I've been to into a house since that had like such a dark uh, ambiance about it. Yeah, that one was that one was a tough walk through. I think it was fun though. I think that was one of the MIB tents. Yeah, exactly. That back yeah. back corner. Yep, exactly. Is there? You know, we talked Chance and Jack a little bit. Is there a, a favorite icon of yours? You know, it has to be Jack, and I'm sure that that's the answer for everybody. Uh, I mean, the others are great, you know, like Caretaker's cool and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, Jack is the icon. And, again, it uh, his personality and the way that he interacts with people is very much how Ryzen interacts with uh, my congregation. So, uh, you know, a lot of people would say, of course, he's uh, kind of – a cookie cutter or a an extended version of like the Joker esque, and so when mm-hmm. I wrote down like a list of people who uh, Ryzen the character was, uh, you know, I'd written because again I was so inspired that first year because I haven't always been the Reverend of Sin. When I first moved here, I was still just Rob Ryzen, the the good old Denver Daredevil who was just a yeah. Daredevil bleach blonde, you know, high flying guy. Uh, but yeah, so I was so inspired by his his work that first year that I went that Jack, Joker, Beetlejuice, as I said, Lucifer, all of those were kind of a, a mix of uh, what made Ryzen Ryzen. So, uh, but yeah, Jack would be my favorite. Yeah, he's he's definitely the the ringleader for a reason. Yes. And then jumping into this year, I guess. So, what was your what was your favorite house this year? So I think by unanimous decision, everybody says wicked growth. Um, and yep. I, I am in uh, full agreement with them. Wicked growth was fantastic. It was, um, it, you know, it was one of those that I, I went into thinking it was going to be on the lamer side. The, eh, you know, wicked growth was scary pumpkin. And then I was blown away. I was, I was totally shocked um, by how good it was. Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping that we see Pumpkin Lord again because it kind of, you know, the the whole story of it was like, you know, he is Halloween. He, you know, they're growing him, and the the house ends with Pumpkin Lord finally being born. So we're thinking, hoping that Pumpkin Lord maybe be like a returning figure, maybe an icon, maybe some corner, some sort of, you know, character that we we get to revisit hopefully soon. I yeah, I agree, and I think that that would be fantastic, and uh, yeah, so. That would be a good one. You know, of course, Beetlejuice was amazing uh, just because I am such a Beetlejuice fan. Uh, of course, it didn't have the scares. The one thing, the downfall of it was like when you walk in and he was like kind of talking smack to everybody and using his uh, catchphrases. Uh, you know, the fact that, and you know, again, I totally understand uh, protocol, but it, it kind of took it away from me with him having to wear a mask, especially because yeah. he was like 15 feet in the air. So I was like, yeah. Nowhere near anybody, but again, protocol is protocol. But uh, uh, just from the pure aesthetic, it, it matched the movie so well that uh, that obviously that was an amazing house uh, for me as well. Um, I love the haunting of Hill House uh, because I, you know, that was I love horror so much that I'm desensitized to it. And the haunting of Hill House, uh, there was something very good about watching the season where in the background uh for i don't know spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it but uh in the background of the haunting of hill house there they they did a great job of like hiding ghosts throughout the series Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh i was actually like i think i would get scared or you know my heart racing a little bit by watching that because I was so focused on looking in the background a lot that when jump scares did happen I was actually wasn't anticipating it like I would 99% of the horror movies out there. So uh that was a really good one as well and uh it seemed to scare a lot of people. Yeah, that watching that too is such a good layered you know video because 
you you don't really notice it and then you, it almost forces you to rewatch it and look for those figures because it you know maybe one or two i kind of caught when i was watching and i was like oh that's cool there's something in the background but i didn't know that it was like a constant through the whole series so i had to rewatch it just looking for people and still i find new ghosts as i'm watching it still today yeah so it was so yeah. crazy i caught on a couple episodes in like oh my gosh wait i had to rewind it a couple i was like did you see that my girlfriend was like no what and then i would rewind it and like look in that crack right there like <laughs> in two frames and then like two frames would come and a girl would pop up or look through the hole or whatever it was insane and uh but yeah so kudos to them i I gotta say, I didn't really care too much for the the second season or the Bly Manor. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh well. Yeah, Lightning doesn't always strike me as common because a lot of people I've spoken to didn't like Bly Manor anywhere near as much as the first one. No, I, I didn't even finish it to be honest with you. I tried, I tried, no, I tried. I. I like seven, <laughs> five or uh, anywhere from five to seven episodes in, and I, I stopped. So. Yeah, it was just it was. It, it, it didn't hold it if it was not the haunting of and it was like its own series i might have lower expectations and and have enjoyed it a little bit more but coming off of haunting a hill house my expectations were through the roof and it was definitely more of less horror more like drama style show it, it just didn't it didn't fully connect the it way that too slow, hill house to be honest with you totally too connected. slow and like the only good thing that I could say about that is, uh, you know, I, I walk around the house still to this day. And if I'm talking to somebody, I, I catch myself going perfectly splendid. <laughs> yeah, that's the one standing standing point from that show. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's literally just about all I got from it. Uh, that's a positive. The scare zones now, did you you happen to obviously walk through those? Did you have a favorite of one of those? Uh, let's see. <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll probably butcher the names of them. So uh, the, the running joke was the, uh, the controller one. Um, yep. The uh, seek and destroy. Seek and destroy because, uh, obviously in this post COVID world we live in, I, I feel like that was a slight play on that with them scanning everybody and, yeah, this this true, you know yeah. people would be running around like oh no like they're they were the infected ones so the the people that were running around scared and then submit to the controller and all that and then early on like probably a couple times in i actually stood up at the podium hopefully you guys did too and i submitted yeah. to the controller i you know i gave the speech and everything that they ask of you but then it, what made it so fun for me is being able to walk through and when you know that they're about to jump out put your hand to your chest and or fist to your chest and they they stop and they put it you know they they acknowledge you by doing the same salute and walking off because you they know you are one of them that one had i liked that one because it definitely out of all the other ones it this one had probably the most interaction yeah which i always enjoy i liked crypt tv the only issue was mm -hmm. I didn't get to fully enjoy it because it was always so congested for me this year. Yeah. Yeah. That area is, is tough. Cause it's, it's very, especially with crypt TV where it was, whether they designed it that way or not, they had to know that people were going to want photos and that it's very photo oppy with like the multiple sets in the, yeah. and IP characters. And it's just, it got very bottlenecked for sure. And uh, so that would have been, very high on my list. It just, again, it was so hard to ever, you know, even stand there to even watch some of their like preview videos that they had, like next to the um, props where they would show kind of what was on Crypt TV, so to speak. So I, you know, so that's an, an unfortunate part. My all time, just while we're on the subject of scare zones, it's no surprise, but my all time favorite scare zone was Rob Zombies. Yeah, which is funny because that's the same area. So it yeah. was a little bit you know better last year because it was photo oppy but i feel like there was you know less stages and they were more pushed towards that shop yeah. so it was easier I mean, it was, to navigate yeah they had less sorry go ahead Shane. no no i was just gonna say i think it's i think it's less photo specific with, with the rob zombie one because it was a lot more chaotic there was so much going on with the music and dancers and stuff it was harder to like people to stop and just start take pictures take pictures of things or like nick was saying this year with um crypt tv it definitely felt like 
everyone was set up that you know here's a character here here's the look see let's stop and take pictures of the look see and then oh here's you know the spider person let's stop and take pictures with her um so i think it felt like people got you know backed up a little bit more so than the rob zombie one which is more again more of a living music video if you will yeah yeah absolutely and uh so um but yeah that that that's what trickle or uh, triggered my thought process is I was like, well, my favorite house or my favorite scare zone is in the same exact area. So ironic how that worked. Um, Cause yeah, that was, you know, amazing. Um, always, no matter what uh, that dark area where the, uh, you guys will have to remind me of the name of the oh, scare Gorewood zone. forest. Yes. So Gorewood forest, uh, no matter what is in that area every year is, always a top contender for one of the best i don't know if it's because of the darkness or whatnot but uh the one year that they had all the pumpkin type stuff uh like jack oh, yeah. hanging i mean that's that always stands out to me as one of the biggest ones ever as well no that one was that one was really I, that one always holds like a soft spot in my heart because just like the way they are able to control the lighting and generally it's you know we had vikings undead there but i feel like previously we get very halloweeny over there that's where they throw the pumpkins yeah. up and stuff we've like that said, so we've also said that that area benefits from where it is like you're saying lighting really works well but having the natural um trees and, and just it, it's much more of a natural area it doesn't feel like things are just shoved in there it feels like it fits and it's supposed to be there yeah and uh that that was where the trick-or-treat uh scare zone was as well uh one year um yep yep yeah, so. 27 or 8 i think I think it was 27 and then 28 was the house, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. I might be off. No, I, I think know. you're right. But um, yeah, so and so that was, again, another another great one with the trick-or-treaters walking around, shaking their bags and stuff. And uh, um, quick question for you guys. Uh, flip the script. Uh, how often did you guys <laughs> see Jack this year? So I, uh, I saw him a handful of times. Um, I saw him once as I was maybe twice as I was going into icons. So he was coming out by like under rip ride rocket yeah those i saw him yeah i saw him once actually one of the later weekends i saw him on the eddie stage uh with eddie in lights camera action which was super cool i got to take a picture with him there and i saw him two or three times um on the pathway by puppet theater so like that long stretch so he can get like pumpkin and then that's where the hill house line was as well yeah, so I feel like everybody has a different story of uh, where they saw him. So I only saw him uh, three occasions, if my mind serves me correctly. One was in line for Wicked Growth um, in that very far corner where the porta potties are. Uh, yeah. he, he was standing out there and taking pictures with stuff. And then um, another time he was in front of the, uh, the horror makeup uh, show. Oh, okay, yep standing on the stage and talking to people there. And uh, the only other one he was uh, walking by and I, I couldn't catch him. And that was like uh, where uh, the Ghostbusters, ha- uh, you know, the big Ghostbuster house is the big, uh, Oh yeah. The, the big courthouse. Yeah. When you're going into yep. uh, tooth fairy, so, but I, yep. again, he was, I, I think he was probably ending his shift or something. So of course still in character, but he was zipping past, Oh, I take it back. And one other time, I was backstage at AEW finishing up AEW Dark, and he was on his, or he was getting carted away, and he talked a bunch of shit to the wrestlers, which was great. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you have a guest battle royale and just bring in Jack the, Jack the Clown. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Is Doink the Clown still around? Can they have a clown off? No, no, no Doink. I mean, after the real Doink died, the, the oh, 50,000 independent, like the 50,000 independent Doinks who were dressing as him finally had to go by the wayside. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be a clown. You know, and they have to have the mask. It's a ladder match to get to their, their clown mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you got to climb the ladder and honk your nose horn or something. I don't know. There's, yeah, yeah. there's something that could be done there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a robbery that there hasn't been a good clown character in wrestling since. I mean, I think Crazy Steve would be the in TNA or Impact would be the closest thing, but I really yeah. can't think of a uh like a clown since Doink that actually 
has hit mainstream. If you guys can think of one, let me know. But no, and I think it would be better off at this point too. Like if they did almost less clowny and more just like old school carny and get to like the old roots of wrestling and have that character. You know, they, they could do like the splotched face face do so, up and stuff like that. Yeah. But instead of doing the full year of you know the the green hair and the red nose, you could have almost like that bum style down on his luck traveling you know, the last of the carnies or something like yeah. that. And I mean, I think you kind of have that in Sin Bodhi, who was mm-hmm. Kazarni uh, in WWE for a minute, but now he really yep. he is this, I don't know if you guys have seen him, but he really is like the, the sideshow clown, really muddy uh, clown makeup. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess uh, I was mistaken in not putting Sin Bodhi in that character of being the best clown out there. But um God, I would love, you know, especially with him, I would love to, uh, I would, you know, that's one thing about AEW, and I guess this is the first place that I've ever mentioned this, but I'm not, as much as I love the character of uh, Ryzen, I wouldn't be necessarily married to him if there was such a creative idea where I could be ridiculously creative in a different pathway, uh, such as a maniacal clown. I, you know, any yeah. anything that I could be challenged where I could, be above and beyond a character uh and again going back to my love of like freddy krueger's and things like that of those kind of characters uh beetlejuice if if i was able to be a character i would totally shift gears if i needed to um i love my character and i love how much my brand of ryzen has developed but um if i could be a jack-esque character in mainstream professional wrestling i would love it yeah that would that would be a good a good like shift because that's you know that that spot you know so to speak is is open and could you imagine all the all the videos you and i could make of like a reverend who <laughs> who uh you know is down on his luck so he goes and joins this like freak show that's like traveling by trains and stuff and i know a girl uh her name's firefly she's 28 inches tall she's one of the smallest women in the world and she could wow. easily be brought in as like part of my my sideshow gig so well, we might be onto something here if we need to transition <laughs> and, and shift a little bit because I can I I did just rewatch Freak Show not too long ago, say, so just do our, you could do um your version of uh, American Horror Story. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would love it, but uh, again, I, I want we we better stop talking about this. If any wrestlers listen to this, they're gonna totally <laughs> yeah. this freaking idea. Copyright, copyright. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first on on no, you know, this is pre-recorded, but uh, November tenth. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have set, we have come up with this. So if you steal it, we are coming after you. We will, take we will you. know. We will find you and we will know. <laughs> <laughs> we will take you full um, extent of the law. Yeah, as far as we can. It'll be fear and beer versus whoever in court. <laughs> That's right. So just don't steal it, okay? Though, Leave it up to me. Yeah, even, even though all of our rights are probably thrown out the window by uploading it to Anchor, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Damn it. Well... Fucking anchor. <laughs> Sorry, don't pull us. Don't pull us. Speaking of anchor, um, th- another uh, great scare zone that I really loved and house for that matter was like the bloated, like New Orleans, like sea people a couple oh, years ago. Yes. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank with that one? I don't remember, but it, that was depths a- of fear. That's it. I loved how yep. like really realistic and bloated those those guys looked in that house. Yeah, I loved that like I liked it that nautical style. I love yeah. it because they had depths of fear, and then the year before was when they did. Oh God, I'm gonna forget the name, but it was it was like you know the the sailors out out on shore and they were kind of cast up. We did a whole icon episode of like create your own icon. I selected one of those characters to turn into you know the fisherman as an icon yeah that so good well uh seamus do you want to wrap things up with the uh the the pseudo oh yeah speed round i guess speed, oh it's not a pseudo speed round. it's a speed round but we speed. just don't expect you to actually be speedy it's fine you can take your time <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah i, I... Yeah. Tend to like the sound of my own voice, so I ramble and ramble. No, and it's ramble. okay. It's okay. We totally expect it, and that's what we want. Oh, you to we do. always do that. We write <laughs> up about like ten minutes worth of like talking points, and we stretch it to fifty to an hour every yep. time without yeah. fail. 
<laughs> we're just like we're not going to get 20 minutes out of this and we end up talking for an hour and a half so all right well let's start this off um again doesn't have to be too ex- ex- explanatory you can just kind of tell us you know what it is and why it why it is that way and it doesn't have to be too 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 much but first question is what is your all-time favorite horror movie scream uh which we which i was able to go see uh with you guys or whatever when we rented out the private oh. theater yeah yeah and so that was fantastic. Love the post-pandemic pricing for that. Nice. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, all-time favorite uh, yeah, horror movie. And I'm super excited about the new one coming out. I was going to ask you, how do you feel about Five? Because it looks, to me, the trailer looks so much darker than the other. Yeah, I think it's which... definitely going to have a darker, grittier yeah. like, feel, which is fantastic. And in right. just my own personal uh, hope or wish for it is uh, – there's been a lot of chatter. Uh, maybe that's the dirt sheets. I don't know what you guys call them in, uh, it, like, outside of the wrestling world, dirt sheets. I don't know. But uh, yeah. where Stu Mocker might actually have been alive, and maybe he's been orchestrating this whole thing. I would love mm-hmm. to see a Matthew Willard return. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Like, as yeah, he was, like, sure. in an insane I mean, asylum, and nobody really knew it or whatever. And, Right. And it's almost like they're like leading up to that because they keep like they made a whole point in the trailer to be like, look at all these people that we're bringing back to this movie. Like everybody's coming back. So it would not surprise me in, in the least if they bring back Matthew Lillard and I forget the other actor's name, but uh, uh, Skeet Ulrich. But you definitely could bring him back because he was shot in the head. But true. Uh, that's but true. That's he never true. got a definitive dude being killed they dropped the tv on him electrocuted him a little bit, but he gurgled at the end and uh, that doesn't guarantee your death. You know what I mean? Right now, that's if if you've seen a horror movie, it's very hard to definitively say anybody's dead. That's right? true. <laughs> All right, second question: uh, What is your favorite Halloween type candy? Uh, easily the worst is candy corn. Uh, that's an abomination. Yes. Um, <laughs> Agreed. That's a. You know, I, I like. I, I'm still going to default to Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, anything Reese's yep. related. There's like nothing those. wrong with that because I am the same way. I love Reese's. Okay. Um, all right, Michael, Freddy, or Jason? Um, oh, somebody calling me. Who's that? <laughs> it's okay. It's Danhausen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Like the the ear zoom in, whatever. No, we're in the middle of dynamite live right now, so they they definitely are not calling me. Um, uh, Freddy. Yeah, I, I would say it's funny. I would say Freddy, then Michael, then Jason. Even though my body is covered with horror tattoos, and I don't have a Michael yet. Oh, next Ooh, up, well, there you go. This is your next this is your next uh, idea. But yeah, Freddy makes so much sense. I mean, I know that a lot of people say the same thing because he's just got so much personality. So yeah. Totally understand that one. Um, zombies or vampires? Ooh, vampires. Um, not you know nothing wrong with Abaddon though. Uh, you know she's a great zombie. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if she listens to podcasts. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely vampires. Not those Alrighty. Twilight pussies. <laughs> yeah, not the glitter. Not yeah, the not glitter. Sparkle. We're but true blood was a you know true blood was amazing and i literally i got we got into that series so late but true blood was a life changer yeah it's a great show all righty um your favorite universal monster uh frankenstein um okay. so just there's something i mean obviously he's he's probably the most iconic but he mm-hmm. uh, they like he was misunderstood, I feel like, and I feel like a lot of people could relate to that. Um, yeah, 100%. Uh, I think, I think, because I think part of it is, and this just comes from like traditional movie editing. Uh, I've heard a story that, like, you know, in the original cut of the movie, the original movie in the 30s, um, when he's picking flowers or he's got the flowers of the little girl, mm-hmm. like, the original scene was him doing the same thing, like throwing flowers in the, in the water with her and then, like, not understanding, like, life and death and that's why he throws her in the water but when they did the final cut of the movie they just cut right from her doing that to him tossing her into the water which makes him look so much worse than than he than he really was so i think you're right i think he's so misunderstood as a character um i agree like, yeah he had no yeah he wasn't yeah he he really wasn't uh trying to be 
you know, a bad guy. And then fuck, the Bride of Frankenstein, so hot. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to give How'd him. How you feel about the house? Do you like the house? I did like the house. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was very well done. Um, you know, I thought that it had a lot of cool, like, Easter eggs in there, like the creature from the Black Lagoon stuck in the, like, water tank and things like that that I don't know if it, uh, many people noticed. Mm, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, no, it was great. And uh, But, yeah, no, I – you know, for uh, Frankenstein to land such a beautiful right? dead chick. I mean, come on now. <laughs> but all the icon—I mean, all the uh, Universal monsters are great. Uh, Creature is yeah. probably my least favorite. Really mm-hmm. interesting. All right, and the last question. This one's usually the hardest. Is what horror hero would you want to kick ass with the most? Ooh. Man, you just—I mean, like—I don't want to default back to Freddy Krueger because my. My life will change a million times. So, so in my teen years, when I was really into Scream, I I was like, I had an actual Scream costume, and I was like, man, like this is gonna sound so morbid, but like, man, fucking to throw on this costume and go hacking up people metaphorically, yeah, metaphorically, <laughs> in a movie, in, in a movie, movie context, yeah, in would be so freaking awesome because really. it was just my right, it was just the right age to capture, you know, that idea. And plus, I know that uh, Scream 3, I want to say, maybe 2, whatever, uh, because again, being from Colorado, uh, the Columbine thing happened, which actually changed Mm -hmm. the whole trajectory of Scream because it was actually supposed to have a much darker uh, 2 or 3. I can't remember which. I'd have to go back into my history books. But uh, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be much more morbid. So... Freddy, because we could, like, if I could be in his dream world and just mess shit up and uh, be completely unrestricted, uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, or if it was more real-life Ghostface, because, I mean, why not? Right. Michael Myers don't play well with others. Jason don't play well with others. So. Yeah. They don't need their sidekicks. They've never no. had one. No. <laughs> you can't tell them what to do. Exactly. That's another thing is... Freddie tried to control Jason, and look what happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Did not work out well for either of them. No. I'm really well, bummed I think... that there's a no Friday the 13th. They're stuck in uh, oh, litigation like... or something, whatever you want yeah, to Yeah, it's all limbo. Yeah. Come on, guys. Just Now, hopefully, at some point, we get a, a you know, revisit to Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. And then I, I also would love to see Freddy return as Robert England one more time. I doubt it's going to happen because he is, damn, what, 67? Yeah, he's getting up there. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know exactly his age, but yeah, he's, he's close to 70, if, if not already 70. But he claims in, in podcasts and interviews that he probably would have one more go in him. He just couldn't do all the stunts. But who needs stunts when you're Freddy Krueger? Yeah, that's what CGI is for nowadays. Exactly, but because uh, that other one, the 2010 one, was an abortion. Yeah, that was not not good. We just we forget about that one. That one's kind of like the pandemic; it never happened. We exactly, never push happened. it away. Yep, exactly. Erase it from history. <laughs> that and the Friday Thirteenth remake with Michael Bay never. Happened. <sighs> yeah, never happened. Although better than. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I like the Nightmare on Elm Street story, to be honest with you. I, I didn't mind how darker it went, but he looked yeah. like a damn meerkat. Like, Yeah, it was yeah. the character just, they went to realism and it just didn't pay out. And then his, uh, his stupid voice was so annoying. I can't handle it. But yeah, I don't know why Jason all of a sudden was like home alone and had all these tricks and gadgets and shit. <laughs> Yeah, he's shooting bow and arrows. I'm like, okay, come on. <laughs> and running. Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me is him running. I'm like, why? Why is he running? I just hated that he had all these tripwires. So you could like be walking around the camp and you hit a tripwire and it alerts him at his house. Like, oh, yeah. Johnny's on, you know, <laughs> the fifth Shit, tree over there. Right. <laughs> oh, well, this was awesome chatting with you. I'm glad we yeah, finally got great. time to, to settle in and then and get a lot of the stuff on the table and talk HHN, talk AEW, talk all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, down the road, I'm sure we'll revisit this and do this again and, and have some more stuff to talk about. But, um, you know, again, thank you so much for, for joining us this time. Is there any other, you know, last, last little plugs or whatever you want to, to let everybody know about? 
just uh, you know, stay tuned to everything that I do. And uh, of course, I'm sure Nick and I will have uh, some future stuff uh, in the pipeline uh, if we ever get around to recording stuff. So again, go back and review all the cool uh, stuff we made. And then uh, just follow me on all the major social uh, you know, media. So Hail Ryzen on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, check out my YouTube page. Uh, and then, you know, buy shirts, support, pro wrestling tees. Uh, com forward slash uh, Ryzen. And then, of course, uh, you know, I know you guys are going to plug your own stuff, but uh, your guys' shirts are absolutely amazing as well. <laughs> well, and you had your hand in, in those as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there, yeah there is a couple that I, I really enjoy more than the others. I don't know why, but no, I'm just kidding. They're all amazing. <laughs> no, they all worked out. It all worked out really good. We got a lot of good reception on those. We still we still use that use those that as a pretty much our, our pseudo logo now as well. I saw that on the the little graphic you guys. The little have. Reaper beer guy. That one, I love that thing. Yeah, I, had, I think I have two or three sure. of those. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, they're they're fantastic. So again, uh, and I was it was my pleasure. I was very happy to contribute to uh, Fear and Beer in that capacity. So. Anything else from you, Seamus? No, I, I just want to say this is awesome. If you told me a year ago that I'd be talking to an actual professional wrestler on a podcast, I would have laughed at you and said, no, I'm, not, I'm never going to be that relevant. But this is really cool. I'm so glad to actually talk to you up close for the first time. And even though we're talking through a computer, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, no, it was really, it was fun. It was awesome. Um, great to hear. I definitely hope to see you more um, on the uh, big stage soon. And, uh, you know, just keep up the good work and keep keep grinding. Thanks, man. And uh, you know, I'll be just a, a blip on your career when uh, when soon you're gonna have like sixty <laughs> minutes with Seamus and Seamus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> From the bedroom to here, how we did it? If I'm a sixty, if I'm a sixty minutes, it may not be for a good thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Thanks. thank you again for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with one more interview for our hhn review uh recap month and then we got another one for week four lined up so just keep on listening we're going to be plugging those guests and um we'll probably reveal that next week at some point well, yeah, until next sure. time this is nick and this is seamus and this is rising happy haunts <laughs> oh i messed that yeah, one up we'll do it over rewind it yeah rewind it i was waiting i'm for gonna edit it out though <laughs> we're just gonna run with it yeah, and until good. next time this is nick and this is seamus and this is rising <laughs> Happy Hans. Hashtag Hill Rising. Hill Rising. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's a tad of one good scare. And again, I would just like to thank Vampire Stepdad for letting us use his music for our intro and outro music. So if you would, just go check them out, Spotify, Facebook. Again, that is Vampire Stepdad.